Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Oh, wrong, wrong, wrong thing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this show. This show is the Big Thing Show. And today, it's a Capes and Cows Big Thing spoiler-filled episode of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. If you have not seen this movie, then you are doing yourself a disservice by watching this episode because you will be spoiled. However, if you're just one of those people that like spoilers, well, at least we told you. And that's why you're here. So we're going to be talking about this and a lot more in the world of Spider-Verse, where it goes, what we thought, how it was, what it did it move us, that and more. Subscribe to the channel. We need to show a little. Need to get to that 100K I want. I'd love to do it by September. Yeah, I'd like to do it by this year. And hopefully you guys help us do that. You're going to be in New York? Well, get your butts over to the New York Comedy Club on June 23rd. Look at that crew. It's me, it's Mark, it's Double Toasted, Brett, Jen, Kate. We're all going to be there. TheChristianHarloff.com. You can also get live streaming tickets. All right, let's do it, everybody. Let's get into um, the full spoilers for this. I'm excited about it. So are you. So let's do it. I'm ready. You're ready. Cool. Welcome back, one and all, to the big thing. Special Capes and Cows episode. Myself, Winston A. Marshall. Got my, got my Miles hoodie. What up? And Coy Jandro is here. Got my Miguel here. O'Hara. Hell yeah. Um, I said this on the episode on Friday. There were so many different times I was like, I need Coy to be here to ask me these questions <laughs> because there's so many characters that popped up into this movie that i was like that's got to be made up who is that person then i would see like an actual cover of a comic book i'm like maybe it was real and then there's these other things is there a is there really let me ask the most important question is there a spider horse yeah there's a spider horse. Yeah. there's also a spider india i know some, some well, spider-man that india sense, yeah, yeah. So, so, somebody was like that's not real i was like yeah there's also a spider t-rex 
There's there a, that I remember. Yeah. I don't know how I remember that. But I, <laughs> I mean, remember it's hard. That. It's an image. That's a hell of an I image. I remember that. But the spider horse. I'm like, is that real? And then, so who was the Nicolas Cage one in this? So that was Andy Samberg, and that was uh, Ben Riley. And he was playing Nicolas Cage. Uh, he was doing a Nicolas Cage. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben Riley is one of my favorite characters in all of comics. Yeah. And that's what I dressed as mm-hmm. in the premiere. Okay. Uh, and he is? Oh, I love Ben Riley. Considering okay. how convoluted that entire story is, that's I don't why. Know anything about it. Okay. Tom, so the Clone Saga is a story where in Amazing Spider Man 150, back in like 1973 uh, Spider-Man encounters a clone of himself and seemingly has to kill it and he throws it into a, like a smokestack so it's like this moment of like oh man that was almost really bad 20 years later uh, in the 90s basically the idea is that the Spider-Man we've loved this whole time was the clone that the real one died and mm-hmm. that caused every fan to be like no 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 that's some bull like well you're not with the clone but then the the clone comes back as Ben Riley, who's this guy that's like blonde he works at a coffee shop he's younger the reason I like him is I've always seen it as Peter Parker to me is power and responsibility gone awry. Like, he's too stressed. He's too responsible. He doesn't know how to live, so he uses comedy as, like, an outlet, like a laugh. Mm -hmm. Like, a Guardians of the Galaxy, you laugh because you're, like, in so much pain. Like, there's that. So, to me, Peter Parker's always like, I'm under a lot of stress. I'm always overworked. Responsibility, responsibility. To me, Ben Riley is, like, him having a mental break and kind of externalizing a midlife crisis, and it's all there. It's, like, the blonde hair. It's working at a coffee shop. It's being the younger guy. So, I've always seen Ben Riley as, like, an existential crisis for a man that has too much responsibility. So, I wrote into it a story that wasn't actually in the comic okay. that made me love Did the you character know that he was going to be in it yeah and i was oh, so okay. excited and okay. the character himself is this like i've got so much in my yeah. past yeah. and so to me that's this beautiful way to say like guys you gotta take breaks like yeah. even if you're responsible and so ben riley the way they showed him was really beautiful to me because it kind of tied into my own headcanon of that representing a thing and then talking with like you know the phil lord and chris miller about it they have a similar perspective on all these different spider people's use yeah. in the web of what peter parker is what about daniel kalula's uh guy because he was oh yeah, spider punk's great hobie brown he's man great. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah he's, he's in the comics well yeah he is um what threw me off about it is that at first i'm so used to kaluuya doing an american accent i thought it was boyega and i was like good oh. for boyega yeah. <laughs> hell yeah and then i saw at the credits i was like oh sh- that was kaluuya man i'm out here just confusing my black brits that ain't, that's not cool at all he crushed man he would he to me i think he was great i think he was my favorite favorite character of the movie they took him they took him away from us too fast but i think i love that he he had an impact i love that they did that on purpose though because i think we'll probably because it was he in that last montage of people because it was it was all the old school no because i I think he's gonna come in to save him okay Okay. because he he was very relevant obviously to where he gave he he takes off i love the whole thing of the anarchy stuff and how he gives the baby props and all that (laughs) sitting on the establishment yeah as i said in the thing i think this movie there's definitely last as we just mentioned a whole bunch bunch of them but we definitely lost some of the laughs that we did in the first one because as you said and you said as well too this kind of has that that empire strikes back type of feel and it's supposed to be a little darker at points so they had to tone it down just a little bit and show the seriousness side of what this movie could ultimately be but his lines the punk um he was hilarious and even when he takes off and leaves at the mm-hmm. end but he comes back without coming back by giving her the watch mm-hmm. by giving the setup like the, like he had a lot of the really funny lines throughout it but still but but with but staying serious you know you know what he actually felt like to me he felt 
exactly like what Mbaku did for me in the first Black Panther. Mm. So this idea where he comes in at first and you're like, man, fuck this guy. And then by the end of it, you were like, actually. Love this guy. You just are a man that stands by your principles and you're actually great. And you've become yeah. like this this awesome kind of advisor to the actual main character. He had one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, which is when they're in Umbatan and the, the, the castle is singing because of Spot. And he goes, oh, my God, what is that? A metaphor for capitalism. Yes, and yes, I was like, ah, yes. like what a good line. That was good too. And also, and even, but even when he's in the elevator and he takes his mask off and then Miles says to him, he goes, how are you cooler when you take your mask off? Yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, that, that whole thing, that whole setup of how that worked out. And like there were, I mean, as even when I'm thinking about it, but there were a lot, a lot of funny lines even when he's like, what do you mean? You, you, you toothbrush there? You sleep over there? Yeah. Like, like it's that relationship that Miles does have with Gwen. And I love the way that they actually opened it up. This entire, like the, they opened it up with Gwen and Gwen's story. Now, you guys probably you probably know the first one inside and out. I, I've seen it twice. Uh, if you told me certain parts of it, I'd go, oh yeah. But like when she came back, was her Peter already dead in the first one? Yes, she was. Yes. Right, because so, it seemed, because it seemed like she went they, back. They had a lizard so the, flashback. So yeah. the, they did. Uh, do you remember the scene where Miles is freaking out because of his uncle mm-hmm. um, dying? And they were all like, we've all been right, there. Right. Mine was oh, my right, right. bed. Mine was my, it was my best room. friend. In his room. Yeah. He right. was, it was, mine was my best friend. So that, so, yeah. yeah, right. So but it, that's why the continuity seemed off in the in the second one. It seemed like she came home from the multiverse, and then that's what happened. The the only the only slight continuity off a little bit, but they were kind of almost doing like a, here's a little bit of a flashback, mm-hmm. is that at the very end of uh, Spider-Verse, the mid credit scene, it was the same spot of Miles on his bed, and then Gwen being like, "Hey, Miles," and yeah. like, and so the but he's continu- older now, right? So the continuity off was he was the same age uh, that he was at uh, okay. in the first movie in that little mid credit. Whereas when they redid it here, he's grown out. Grown. She even she even brings it up. She's like, "You've grown." You know, yeah. That, that too. So that's so, the only continuity. Sure. Off, but- well, well, so the continuity wasn't off when when it came to the Peter Parker thing because it seemed like it did. Because like, in the first like movie, he'd already died. Right. And then it seemed like she went back. And then it happened. Yeah, because. Well, that, oh. Right? Because she would have gone back no, and then kicked no, out by her. No, 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 no. Because, because if I remember correct, because, again, in the first one, that's when all of the, the, the time travel stuff was messed up. The Peter Parker thing was already. He was already. already when, he, when, he, when she got to, to yeah. the first time. Yeah. Well, it was the same thing here. Remember, it was Peter didn't die in that vulture scene. That was just the scene that we got to let us know where we are in the present. She was giving us that this is what happened to me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but she got kicked out of her house by her dad. Yeah, she already got kicked out of her house by her dad. She got kicked out of her house by her dad. After the whole vulture scene. Oh, right, 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 Because Lizard had had died and then months of hunting down Spider-Woman. That's exactly. that's what we're both forgetting. The dad was hunting Spider-Woman for the all those months time. she was living there. The point that he kicks that was her still out a flashback. is after they f- finish off Thank Vulture, you. he's like, you're under arrest. And starts reading her rights. And she's like, dad, can you just be my dad for a minute? He's like, D-. he just keeps going. And so then finally like, oh, so looks the, to the other two and goes, can I come with you, please? Right. So I guess you know what I'm Us like, seeing Peter was a flashback in that universe. Yep. My brain was just not connecting. I was like, no, it was fine. I just couldn't remember why. Okay. Th- that was a flashback two months earlier. So, than when, not- she came, so when she came back from all of it. That's it was, she was. She was still in the midst of of oh, the yeah. dad hunting her. So yeah, okay. Um, I guess. <laughs> so it's did, a, no, does that track? Yeah, it, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it, it. What I will say is that as much as this thing could be confusing, they do a very good job. And I th- and I honestly, I don't want this to be a crap on an MCU episode, but I, I think they they handle the multiverse so much better than the MCU is. MCU is so confusing, and we're like, 
who does what, that variant's the same, that one's different, that one's this. This, like, as many people as there were in this, because there's tons of Spider-Men that could have been like, that is just overwhelming. But they put them all in, like, an organization. Yeah. And it really worked that way. This did like, everything Multiverse of Madness should have. Yes. This, yes. Did, this did, did this. And not only that, but this is the spoiler talk. It did something I didn't think would work, which is bring in live action. So yeah. who, was, who was the Asian woman, by the way, when he goes? From Venom. That was from that Venom. was the the, the store that was, that yeah Miss Kim Miss Kim okay. from the yeah which is which is why right. it's like this isn't weird to you and it's like no okay. it's not I've seen Venom one and two but I've, they've they've gone yeah and he grabs Venomized gum the gum says Venomized on oh, it, it? Okay. The, 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 yeah the spot okay. right. well that makes so but that's and that's exactly right though they 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 put the, together their universe really really well where it all makes sense and even like. The, the thing, the Donald Glover stuff. Best cameo in the history was, of cinema. Was fantastic. That was amazing. Okay, fantastic. do you know why it's even more fantastic? I think you're going to tell me. I'm gonna, I am gonna have to. Okay, so Donald Glover, his campaign for Donald for Spider-Man is part of how Miles Morales exists. So Brian Michael Bendis credits Donald Glover as part of shaping Miles Morales in general in mm. life existing. So Miles is in part because of Donald Glover. It, as a thank you, years later, Spider-Man Homecoming cast Donald Glover as Aaron Davis. He mm. references his nephew being a kid, yeah, remember, and yeah, that is yeah. so he's playing the Prowler in that movie. They don't get to set him up to play the Prowler again until this movie where he is a fully the Prowler. So not only does this cameo give us a sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming giving us that, not only does it reference him looking knowingly at Miles knowing that's what he almost was, but in real life, Donald Glover made an album called Because the Internet, which is one of the first metamodernist art pieces that does what Lord and Miller do with their style of comedy. So Lord and Miller are referencing metamodernism in a metamodernist film by casting him as a character he's based off and he's playing his own uncle in canon while being in canon in the movie in four different ways. Breathe. It's amazing. Breathe. It's the best game of all time. Breathe. It's beautiful. It's, it's, really, but it's, true. But look, that <laughs> it's was, also really fun. It, it was fantastic and I like that they didn't just do a one throwaway thing where he's just sitting in the cage. They bring him back again. <laughs> do the slow. Because yeah. what, what that gave me the acknowledgement of, it almost felt like they were directly like giving a, a little tip of the hat to Heath Ledger because it immediately made me think of the Joker in the, the, the prison. No, oh, yeah, easily. Easily. And, and and show, it's yeah. also he's Hobie Brown in the comics from Sp Peter Parker's timeline, Prowler's Hobie Brown. Hobie Brown in this movie is Spider-Punk. He's Aaron Davis Prowler in this movie, so it all for references the multiverse. And also by having him be the Prowler as Aaron Davis, it's giving us a tease of the end where Miles Morales is also the Prowler because it's also a great metaphor for one decision, losing the dad versus losing his uncle Aaron, right. is what leads him to the dark side. So Donald playing the Prowler foreshadows Miles being the Prowler later as a duality of man moment. What I liked about that entire thing at the very end though like the the way that they played at the end like even where he comes back what i liked eventually you, you go always oh, in the wrong universe right but the reason why i thought they did it really well was when it's so subtle but when it shows up at first you're like, oh you changed your hair and yeah. the reason at first why you think like oh nothing's wrong with his hair is because he was hanging upside down and maybe his hair was like kind of weird. and then like his haircut yeah but then as as the conversation starts to go a little bit more into it you're like wait a minute something's not right and it was a great reveal. It was a great reveal. Because, because, to be honest with you, this is where I think they were so brilliant. There was just enough off. I felt like they gave the audience spider senses for that split yeah. second. Yeah. Because that, that has always been what the, the whole Peter tingle, that's always been what it has been described as. Is It's like it's not that you Something's know exactly off. what's happening, but something is off, and right. it's pointing you in the direction of what's wrong. My favorite yeah. is the color use. Did you notice this hoodie? Mm -hmm. So in the original continuity in his universe, because he, he, he grabs the jacket off the floor in the new universe, so it's that universe's jacket. In our universe, he walks around upstairs with his, his dad's speech in a dark 
dark, dark green, pretty much black jacket with a red hoodie. That's his outfit. He's red and black. When he picks up the jacket to hide his spider suit, it's the colors of Prowler. He's got a purple uh, hoodie so with green. Did, so did when you pick he, that up right yeah, away? Yeah. Oh, I, when I, he, I missed that. When he walks into the light, he's literally wearing Prowler colors. R. Miles is, is dressed as Prowler. I was like, oh! And then that whole sequence is leading us to find out he's the Prowler. Yeah, see, this is but this is the benefit of having people like Lord Miller who clearly are like super fans like you. They're like me. It's when beautiful. it comes to it. And, and like, this is why a lot of people will say, and I'm sorry, I know, I know, I always bring it back to, to Star Wars. But like, but this is <laughs> it's what... It's your Spider-Man. But this is what people always say, like, they push back on whether or not people who are running this stuff should be big fans of it. Like it does, it's not necessary. No, it's not necessary, but man, it helps. It, it I mean, look at Feige, look at Lord and Miller now, like Lord and Miller have just proven like these guys are like uber nerds about this stuff. Dude, Phil, Phil Lord, uh, I went to an early screening and afterward Phil and, and Chris stayed for an hour and talked to everybody about stuff. But it was really, really wonderful to see the different types of conversations. He was talking to people about like just the movies talking about just Spider-Man. But then he and I got to have like the nerdy conversation. He clearly doesn't get to have because right. the excitement of those two guys going like the artist we brought in and he was able to teach them this and we got this style. And one of my favorite things that uh, Phil in particular told me that he loved was um, Rick Lee and Artie's style is really angular. The Spider-Man 2099 artist that I love. Uh, it's really angular. So they used this thing where they basically had um, his mapping around his face be slightly ahead of him. Do you notice that like his line work is like his cheekbones are out here and stuff? The idea behind that was was he's in the future, so he's not fully written yet. Decisions that he makes, he's always a little ahead of himself. So he's literally visually not fully formed in the present. No, the uh, Spider-Man 2099. How his line, Miguel O'Hara. Oh, okay. So his cheekbones and everything, because he's he's in the future, so it's not fully complete, because decisions can change the present. And the art style represented that, and they hired the comic artist to make that. I I love that. I like Winston. We always because we saw this trailer, and we thought they gave away a lot. Turns out, didn't really give away as much. No, because like that that scene where Miguel has him on the train. I thought that was a giveaway to the ending. It's wrong. Um, It seemed like you know there was. Okay, well, this guy clearly is going to be the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. Jason Schwartzman is the bad guy. Is as spot. Really that's who that good. was. I was yeah. trying to figure out whose voice that was. Yeah, and because for the longest, and that's sometimes where where VO can get you because people have similar tone inflection. For a while, I was like. Ryan Reynolds is in this? And then, like, I was completely off. I'm out here thinking John Boyega in the movie. Right. I think Ryan Reynolds in the movie. Like, it's not even Another close. multiverse. You saw a different movie. Yeah. Is uh, Schwartzman also Canadian? Yeah. So, so there is it? it is. I no, confused my Brits and I confused I thought he was. Schwartzman's from, from here. Oh, I thought he was. I, thought, from I Cop- thought he was. from the Coppola family. Really? He's part of the. He's, he's Talia Shire's. Uh, Nicholas Cage is related to. Yeah, Schwartzman? Yeah. It's, That's it's, fascinating. Shire. He's a. Shire. He's, uh, Matt, he's, uh, he's uh, freaking uh, Talia Shire's kid. I wow, blowing my mind, real time. Yeah. Uh, the, the the spot though, I mean, you and I talked about the trailer. I didn't think it was too revealing. You thought at the time it was at the time, and, at the time. But and then we thought the spot was going to be like a B level villain, which I love that they made that the commentary that led to his villainy. I thought the spot was one of the best upgrade villains ever. Yeah, yeah no, that was that was oh, yeah, to, to 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 essentially make the spot. Does he ever get that powerful? He he doesn't become like an OGOP. Like he well, doesn't. Well, but but for them to essentially, because you told me that originally it was supposed to be Mister Negative was that was the villain. For That's them what I to heard es- from. Well, to essentially make the spot Mister Negative and to fuse those characters together, I thought was pretty genius. Which- yeah, what, what I what I heard was like the video game bringing him in was going to be uh, so Mister Negative is this great character. <laughs> 
What? I caught that. It was a super early rumor, super early rumor, but the rumor was since Mr. Negative did so well in the video game, they were going to try to incorporate the video game universe into the Spider-Verse okay. and they animated. And I was like, that seems like an interesting idea. And then ironically, they do have the video game. Like my buddy Yuri is in this as, you know, the Insomniac video game. Okay. So I do think there's going to be elements in the third film of bringing in more like video game Insomniac plus live action. Plus, I think we get Tom Holland. I think they very consciously saved those things. And I think if they had done Mr. Negative instead, it wouldn't have worked because we would have been waiting for that. Mm-hmm. So well, I think the spot decision was better. And then they made him a way better character. You got references of all three of the live action uh-huh. Spider-Man. You got reference to that kid and Dr. Strange. You got that reference right off the bat. And you saw that in the trailer. Um, you saw Andrew Garfield in live action with yep. the, the kind of whatever that little hologram or whatever the hell that was with, with Stacy after yeah. yep. and then you had obviously the Tobey Maguire that they showed as well too so there were so many ways to throw it in and that was someone had asked me does are there a lot of cameos in there that are just like oh yeah I know that thing and I was like yes but it's relevant to the story and the reasoning right. behind it like right. when you're when you're going through that hall you would see that stuff. Yeah. And so it, it makes sense in the way that they played that out. But I want to jump back to the beginning of it with Gwen and the way that they set the opening up and the relationship with her father and how that played out. And then ultimately leading into, um, you know, this, this, that the, the vulture coming in and, and, and getting the hell out of there and, and then have that, that big, that moment in general, how that plays out in the introduction of what's it, it's both Miguel and then what's the woman's name? Is it Spider Woman? Spider Woman, Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Jessica Drew. And they bring her in, and then it's like a 15 minute opening or whatever, maybe 10 to 15. And then it's like, yeah. it was a really powerful opening that I thought worked really well. I, I completely, I completely agree that, like, at first I was like, wow, they're just jumping right into the movie. But then for you to essentially just realize that that was it, we're just. We Miles is still our because because you told me some people were out here saying that he wasn't even the like people were we, what I saw like I can't even complainers going oh it looks like Miles is going to be buried in his own movie he, he's no. he's not he's like he, it it is his movie right it just opens with Gwen showing like how this and and it's a great introduction to the team yeah. the, their t- the 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 t- the multiverse team right well because what it feels like to me because this is even correct me if I'm wrong you've seen Empire a million times more than I have. Um, it's the same thing that happens in Empire where, like, since Luke gets knocked out and is dealing with the Wampa, that, like, you focus on Han and Leia at first and on Hoth base and freaking out about him and all that kind of stuff. In the beginning, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it's it's Han trying to find Luke. Right, yeah. right. So, so, but I'm saying to that point, all you're doing is you could make the, the, the clear argument in the same way that, like, Ray with the new one, it's really about her, that the, the, the OG trilogy is about Luke. It doesn't mean that those other characters don't get massive time to shine because it is an ensemble piece with a main focal point. Right. It's the same thing. This is an ensemble piece with a main focal point in Miles. See, I think, I think Miles is the main character. I think it is definitely yeah. an ensemble for sure. Um, and I think that, you know, the way that they brought Peter in with a baby, I thought worked really well too. And the, the, the fact that the baby has powers and the idea that he's <laughs> taking her on adventures and stuff too. And he has a new purpose is, it was, was hilarious. And Jake, what well, Jake uh, Johnson, Jake Johnson was, was hysterical. The stuff, the emotional stuff that I really liked, it reminded me of kind of Creed, the first Creed where Creed mm-hmm. was, you know, that everybody talks about this moment in Creed when he's like, I just want to prove I'm not a mistake, right? Yeah. It's ultimately what Miles is trying to figure out once Miguel gives him the reveal. You know, like this is a reveal of that he's the really the, the big anomaly where he wasn't supposed to be bit by that spider. It, it was such a great reveal. Is that how was that the origin of the comic? So what's so so cool is they kind of made the way the comic publishing went the canon because 
the ultimate Spider-Man is Peter Parker until they bring in Miles Morales. But then the ultimate universe started imploding. It wasn't selling as well. Like in, in our life, ultimate comics weren't selling as well. So they were like, we don't need to keep printing these ultimate line, but we love Miles Morales. Like Miles Morales is great. So the newest Secret Wars is literally a way to bring Miles Morales into our universe. They have an incursion event that ends the ultimate universe by bringing in and crashing it into us to just basically bring Miles in. So an entire event comic is just because of how much they loved Miles. So instead of doing all of that, because that's way too much story to tell, and obviously they're doing Secret Wars later, mm-hmm. they make it so the spider causes an anomaly and they bring in all the lore of Spider-Verse and allow us to have him be a technically abstract, what do they call him? An, um, abnormality, anomaly. Whichever word that is, but they were able to do that with this story in the same way the comics were able to do it over the long game with just that spider. So it's slightly different, but it's the same landing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, one, I love the fact that, and then they really drove it home with how much the animation styles clash with each other from all the different spider people. Yeah. I don't think I noticed that the spider that bit him was so animatedly different in the first one than the rest of the universe, but you notice it this time when they're like, that spider's not from here, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, shit. On top of the fact that with the 42 on it, I just thought that was spider number 42. That's a direct reference to that being Earth 42, which then doesn't have that spider... is that spider the one that it was supposed to have bitten Peter Parker? It was as supposed well? to have bitten that universe's Peter Parker. Okay, and then our uh, Miles's universe's Peter Parker is Chris Pine, blonde Spider Man, stay alive, and because he, he saved Miles, he, he ended died. Up dying. So, so all of that, which is wild, but I think the thing that specifically drives it home for me, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a fun ride. The action's great. I think it's the two main themes you brought up the first one about being about this idea of being a mistake mm-hmm. because everybody has that kind of mentality. Gwen is out here being like, "Dad, I just tried to be like you to be a cop, right. like, you know, and like apparently I'm a mistake." Miles in this like whole thing of him being whatever the said mistake is, the mistakes that people make leading to bigger catastrophes. So the idea that, you know, Ben Parker dying originally um you know, was the mistake of Peter's hubris of essentially just being like, whatever, dude, screw you. And the guy kills his uncle. It's how those mistakes actually make you who you are. Mm -hmm. And so they even, they start touching on that Mm -hmm. and, and, and specifically about like, nah, these canon events that are mistakes that hurt have to happen in order for life to go forward as it is. So this idea of playing with that, and then just really playing with, with parentage, I'm I'm sure as a, as a parent, you must've been eating Mm -hmm. this up because Gwen Stacy with her dad, Miles' uh, relationship with both his parents, specifically his dad, but his parents, but also Uncle Aaron. Right. And that kind of back and forth, his relationship with Peter and how he raised him to be the Spider-Man that he is. Miguel freaking out about, like, well, I'm going to go be with my daughter, but how that imploded an entire universe. Mm -hmm. They really drove that home over and over again, and that's why I was so hooked in. And everybody's like, you said you cried like 50 times. I cried so much. It this was, movie really got me. It was um, Gwen finally hugging her dad when he's like, I quit the force. And then yeah. finally like rectifying a little bit. That was the moment for me. But I, I had a really interesting thing where I cried. So obviously with Guardians, I cried because of the intentional, emotional, like through line to make you cry. Like that movie was like, these are the things that'll make you cry. I had a really interesting thing with this one where I cried over beauty in a way that I don't think I've done since like the movie's gorgeous. Like there were moments where there was animation that I was like, this isn't an emotional crying. I'm crying because I'm seeing something I've never seen. Like it emotionally brought things out of me. It is beautiful the way that they, what they're able to do with the comic book. They did that in the first one and then they did it in the second one. It just feels like a comic book coming to life, but not, 
but not in a way that it's like jarring. Like this is just a, a gimmick. It was like it. It just this, you just blend into the style. You know, the added little thing. I I've wondered if either of you clocked it. They they started doing because they didn't do this in the first one. They started doing the little they text bubbles. They, right, they started, text boxes. Yeah, they sometimes did in the meantime in the first one, but in this one they put the little glossary footnotes. Like when you're reading, they're like, oh, if you didn't read Spider Man nine seventy four, that's where the lizard ended up stealing all of Manhattan. So like they started putting those of like, oh, in Earth forty two, this is whatever. And I was yeah. like, oh. Oh, that was a really cool element. I think that. a lot of it was my inner child feeling validated. Like, yeah. the, like I, there was a lot of like tears that came from me being like, "Look, they did the thing that I always dreamed of, and they did it right." Well, that's and why I was I unprepared when after seeing. I mean, this is about as comic blended, not in a way that it loses you, but it's like if you're, I can see if you're a massive comic book fan, you can see why this could potentially be your favorite Spider-Man. I, I believe I can, I this is why. my favorite comic book movie. Yeah, but I can understand why because it's, it's about it's about as blended it. as into comics, and especially if you've. It's like for me again with Star Wars, where I'm always hoping for like the novels and stuff to pay off mm-hmm. in a way that I've been invested for so long and spending much time with certain novels and things. I'm like, just show me my investment was worth something, even if nobody else is, who's watching it understands. Like Knights of the Republic, show me like the certain things, but all your investment paid off in this movie. Thirty years of loving a character yeah. was given a love letter that felt like it wasn't just for me, but it was like from people like me. Like, it felt like a very justified, shared mm. love of something. That's why I love talking to Chris and Phil so much is because it's such a love. Like, it's not right. we're making a movie. It's like, we did this because Spider-Man is us. Right. What's the, what's the antithesis of gaslighting? Is yeah, it, right, is, it's is that. It, is it just validation? Is that is that all it is? Aggressive validation. Because yeah. because because that's essentially what you're talking about. It's like, like you said, you put all that time and energy into it. You would love nothing more than to feel validated yeah. by your, your love of something, and that's essentially what but you're talking But making it relevant to a story that pays off to where you're also being not not just the fact that it's like oh there's are the things that I love it's all it's also but it makes with, sense. with emotion making mm-hmm. sense and all that and what I the crazy part is like when he goes into Miles goes into the universe at the end with because he goes to the university he's supposed to be bitten mm-hmm. or, or Peter's supposed to be bitten and the whole world is in a mess and not safe and they also don't have ExpressVPN ExpressVPN <laughs> would keep you safe but if you were safe and you like being safe, whether you got bit by a spider or not. You should be using ExpressVPN and then keep yourself green like the Hulk <laughs> with athletic greens. Let me tell you about it. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every day. I love it. And I gave it a try, honestly, because Brett Sheridan told me to. And I'm glad that he did because it's so good. I love it. It tastes good, too. And it's not... I'm not a big vitamin person. I know that. You know that at this point. But to take them all in one shot, put it in a water bottle, shake it up, that's it. I drink AG1 before my coffee. And I take I take it. It gives me a little boost of energy. And then I'm ready to go. And it makes me feel unstoppable. I am ready for the day. I love it. It's really great. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you, it was very hard for me. Everyone's like, you got to take this vitamin. You got to take that. You got to do supplements. You gotta do no, thank you. Give me one. Everything. One shot. Done. And it tastes good. Might look green. Hence, AG1 tastes yummy. I'm always looking for life upgrades, which is why I've come to love and trust AG1. It's why so many of you trust AG1. That's why I get notes all the time. You guys are trying it. Just just did it. Love it. Re-upped. Doing it again. I keep getting it over and over and over, and that's why they've been so associated with this show. It's delivered to you every month. It's been very easy, super easy to make it a daily habit for me. And get those travel packs. I'm going to be going on the road soon, and I'll be taking that with me. 
If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. You have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. That's drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out, baby. Economy stinks right now, guys. It stinks. You got to save money. Let's save money together. Let's spend it over $100 easy. On, on the streaming services, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Prime, whatever it is. But since I started using ExpressVPN, I've saved money every month. How'd you do that? Well, that's what I'm telling you right now. you got to listen. All streaming services, whether they're Netflix, whoever, they actually have thousands of more shows than you think. You don't see them all because they give you different shows depending on your country. So what you see on Netflix here, completely different to what someone sees in Italy, South Korea, whatever. But using that ExpressVPN app, you can change your online location. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from. So every time that you run out of stuff to watch, you just switch to another country and you unlock a new show. So there's a lot of different things you can check out that's like, oh, I didn't even know that, that this show existed. Well, now you do. And on top of that, you can even use ExpressVPN to get discounts. Some services cost less in other countries. For example, if you buy Netflix from Argentina, it costs a fraction of the price. At less than $7 a month, ExpressVPN pays for itself and so much more. It's a no-brainer if you want to get way more shows and save money while you're doing it. Go to expressvpn.com slash thing. Don't forget to use that link so you can get three extra months for free. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash thing. Expressvpn.com slash thing to learn more. All right, like I said, everybody, ExpressVPN and AG1 Athletic Greens, love both of them. Please let us know if you have used either one. It really not only will help you out, it helps out the show tremendously. So please go ahead and do it. Um, I hope that I confused you again, like I always do. Every that, was, that was nice work. The Good. tangents always Good. strong. I was I was unprepared for an express Happy to VPN. Hear. Yeah. What? Uh, so what are we? Overall, we 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 knew the ending. I didn't. I'm not gonna say I don't love the ending. It's not true. I really love the ending. Um, but it does leave you going, huh? Because it's clearly just now. Go wait. Don't worry. Wait till March. I think I knew, so I didn't mind. I I honestly hope that it does not go the way of Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, but it literally felt the exact same way. And you could say the same thing about an Infinity War and Endgame. You ended it at at literally an intermission break. Like they're they're independent movies for sure, um, but you just wrote it for essentially a six to nine month intermission break. Mm. Uh, But clearly the movie is already done or almost done. Oh, it's got to be close to that. Yeah, sure. So I, I felt very good about uh, how it personally felt good about how it yeah. ended. I know some people didn't, but for me, it felt really interesting to go, hey, it's a cliffhanger, but it's yeah. not doing it in a way that's like challenging you. It's not like, aha, like it doesn't feel like Infinity War didn't feel like an aha. It felt like, man, you've got to resonate on this. Well, that I think that's the difference, right? It's like where I think that clearly Infinity War is a cliffhanger, but there's such a big epic buildup. By the time you get to that moment and you, all these things, it looks like it could be the ending and then it's not the ending. It's not even close to the ending. 
that's why that cliffhanger is like, well, this one's just like, there's a big reveal. There's a big reveal, obviously, that Miles is the prowler and that he he's going to need help and that Gwen has this great conversation with his parents, which was amazing, and their relationship in general and the fact that now they have to kind of team up to find him. Um, there's things that they're setting up, and that's why I could see why you guys would equate it to Empire for sure. But it just there was something it did it just like I don't know maybe it wasn't as 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 epic. Mm. I, I, see for me is this I, what epic is now? This is <laughs> it's a little bit of the you, bully Maguire you look, dance. You look, you look like an old white man trying to dab like <laughs> epic. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd see Christian Harloff crank that soldier boy, boy oh, and yeah. I just you, did. Uh, you. Right. Um, it felt <laughs> it felt I mean for me it felt very. Hot is gone. He is in Boba's clutches. Yeah. He's he's gone yeah. off to the mm-hmm. to the huts. And 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 Luke and Lando and Leia have got the crew together. We're gonna go bail him out. That's right. exactly what it felt yeah. like because he's tied to the bag. You find out, you know, other miles is prowler, and then you see the reveal of Gwen with all the original spider crew plus a couple homies. Like you're like, okay. Like it it, it felt, felt big to me. It felt like Luke got his hand. We're on the Millennium there's Falcon. Stakes. Oh, there's yeah. definitely stakes. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I mean, and it's so funny because I'm normally like my my thing is that I it wasn't as it wasn't the formulaic thing that I usually have a problem with, which is let's let's build up some character, let's build up some emotion, and then we need to spend a lot of money on a big huge ending. Yeah, so let's do it. And this didn't and I didn't dislike the ending. I was just kind of like, oh, it's over. That mm-hmm. that's I think that's what it was. Not not that it didn't have impact. Not that it didn't have like not that it wasn't the right ending. It was, but yeah. it just I sat there going, "Oh, it's over." Mm-hmm. When, and there's no post credit scenes. There's just yeah. Um, I I, I noticed returns. when Miles was running the the signage, but even before he got to his room, the signage was different. Like the billboards in the yeah. background. Well, so. I, I I almost didn't. Cl- I got confused for a second because, and that's what I'm saying. This they did a great job of making us feel like we had spider senses when he's running by. Remember in the first one we saw Coca Cola versus uh, like. Uh, cola coke or something yeah. like that right when he's running by down manhattan it just says soda and then you see what it says underneath uh it's, it's a drink or something like that it's a generic brand it's a generic brand it's a generic brand and i was like genius yeah and, and that did, makes you go like wait a second i didn't like all i did is i was just like yeah and i was like what the hell is that because they hold on it longer than normal so you have time to go like wait a sec and for me as soon as that started i had a thing where i was like oh no it's about to end Oh, and I didn't want it to end, so I think maybe that's why yeah. I like the ending more because I I got the emotion of of building those stakes up to where like oh no, whereas if you hadn't clocked that, it might not feel like the the build up you right. wanted. Right. Well, you know what's funny is that it, it's a long movie. It's like what two thirty, but I think you said this. It doesn't feel long. No, it doesn't because I think that it, like there's I there, there was a movie recently, maybe it was Fast X or whatever it was. There was some, there was some movie that I saw that was like. It was long, and it just shouldn't have been as long. It wasn't as necessary to be long. There could have been things to cut out. I don't know what you cut out of this movie. It's so much. I really don't. Like it's like the detail is there, and like like every little thing that they that they put in there, and even I really like, like little moments that I enjoy, like when Miles is trying to break out of the spider quarters, and he he, he you know he goes invisible, and he's working yeah. the computer, and he to get himself to the next dimension. That was a really great scene. Like there's so many just really memorable scenes that if you start to use your mind and go wait what about that oh yeah that was really great that was really great it's like that's always to me what quantifies like a really great movie it's like can you remember the movie and then when you do and you start thinking about it you almost can piece each part 
Because and you know, why it's necessary. And why it's necessary. The yeah. Spider Society scene, I think, was uh, could have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Two absolutely. scenes that could have gone really badly are the canon scene, which I'm so glad wasn't in the trailers. I'm so glad there was no talk of canon because that yeah. made a great plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the canon scene could have been very cheesy. Instead, they did everything I wanted Multiverse of Madness to do and more. And then the Spider Society scene could have felt like they're just doing Easter eggs. But instead, it was all the spiders having plot-driven ways of attacking that yeah. narratively worked. And I love little details like uh, like my guy uh, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider is like of the 90s and he's got those great lines and he's very 2D he swings angularly but all the 90s art is very angular so when they had him swinging in at the very end he's like changing his his vectors but then the uh, the 60s Spider-Man that's like I can do anything he can only go straight and flat because that's what the animation would have allowed so the canon of the animation style only being a singular vector versus the 90s being a multiple vector allowed that spider society scene to tell a narrative while being easter eggs who's the Spider-Man when Gwen comes when she's looking for him and she goes back to his original world, the Spider-Man that's there like waiting and she's like chucks him to the side. Oh, I think that's Jack Wade. Wait, no, wait, 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 what do you mean? There's a what? Spider-Man when she comes back in, there's like a Spider-Man that's like on like doing patrol or whatever. And she comes in and she takes the, she takes the wrist thing and she throws him through it. And oh, it disappears. Um, I don't know which Spider-Man that way. I mean, not, not that I would have known. No, no, no. I know. I'm just trying to remember that scene because I, I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about, but for yeah. some reason it's not ringing a bell. It's fine, but um, it doesn't really matter. So it's just one. Of, it's probably someone that you'd yeah like, know. It's when she first, you know, when when she goes back before she runs into his parents, you know, and she and when oh, she that, gets that, to the I world. thought that was Riley because she, then she dispatched. Oh, was that Riley? Riley? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She okay, okay. Right. yeah. I know there's a scene with Jack Quaid and, and her, and that's the, that's the one like Jack Quaid Spider Man. So that's the scene I thought you were talking about. But yeah, no, no that's the Ben Riley, the, the guy in the hoodie you know, that you, I love. The one you, you love. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I think that there's really, I mean, that's the majority of the stuff. And I love the scene, by the way, the the whole barbecue scene and the stuff uh-huh. with his dad's parents and the cake stuff. Like, his like, dad when he's doing the stuff with the cake though, when he's when he's flying through and he's got it. I'm like, that cake's gonna be a disaster. What are they gonna I do? And then the- and then he opens up and it's a disaster. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud. Yeah. <laughs> so it was hilarious. That, that was that was that Lego Batman or Lego movie like humor right there yeah. where you open it up and the, the cake specifically. I'm not proud. Yeah, and then but there was also but but even being able to relate that to he's trying to tell his parents and he wants to tell his parents and he has this thing but then and then Gwen has this thing where she does tell her dad and it doesn't work out for her she's like don't do it trust mm-hmm. me so like he's got he already had doubts and now he's got the girl that he that he's fallen for tell him don't do it so it's like and then when he finally does it it's in a different universe mm-hmm. and it's like even at first and I still didn't catch on right away when he told the mom I was like oh maybe the mom doesn't really know a lot about Spider-Man does she because you never really see it. I was like, oh, maybe the dad does. And I'm like, wait a minute, no. But that was the other thing I was noticing. There is a very – and that's, again, the spider sense is going off. How many different times whenever one parent is there, the, one, the, other, the other one is almost always there. Right. They're, the two exceptions I can think of, out of off the top of my head are – in this movie, when he's talking to his dad after the first spot fight, and he's like, well, maybe you should let your son just do whatever he wants instead of right. stop being. And the other one was when he was talking to his mom when she was just like, I'm going to let you go, but like, you need to make sure that you stand up for yourself right. and blah, 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 blah. I was like, why is he having this full conversation with his mom? And his dad is nowhere to be found. I was like, oh, shit, his dad is dead. This is, mm-hmm. again, another Spider-Sense moment where I was just like, they did such a good job of telling you everything without telling you anything until it was time. Um, you know, so it was, wow. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, two two little things I gotta uh, that remind me when you were talking the the Gwen Stacy Miles upside down sequence is one of the most beautiful oh, things great. I've ever seen mm-hmm. in yeah, film. It's great. That that whole relationship and the way they shot it and mm-hmm. every moment of that is just so beautifully written. And I love that this was a metamodernist drama versus a metamodernist comedy because it allows you to be so sincere while in a very absurd setting. Like the sincere irony and ironic sincerity is usually used for humor, like Twenty One Jump Street, like Cocaine Bear. But instead, they use true sincerity in absurd circumstances to tell this really beautiful drama. But that allows scenes like Gwen and, and Miles to be upside down as spider people mm-hmm. talking mask off. As kids. And, and as kids. And it's a 10 minute scene. It's long. Yeah, it's, it's and long. it's and it doesn't feel boring. It doesn't feel. And you're just like breathing in this love. Yeah. So that's again, I hate to do this all the time. Mandalorian season three. <laughs> You, when we had Katie in here, mm-hmm. she's talking about, you know, they had this scene in Mandalorian 3 where she's talking to all the Mandalorians and giving them that William Wallace speech, and they chopped it to bits. Mm-hmm. And, it, they, they, and it was like that much of it left where it could have been this longer conversation that instead of this this incorrect philosophy of faster, stronger, more intense, instead of that, it's like, no, let them marinate on the, looking out at the city upside down, let them have conversations, build on the relationship, build on the emotion, and that's in a two two and a half hour movie. Add it for another five minutes in a freaking television show. That's what's confusing. You had a full, what, ten episode season, and you couldn't let that breathe? It's because of this, I think, again, I don't want to make this a Star Wars show, but I think it's it's also this, in television, they think you have to go to that animated kind of... uh, Faster, stronger, more intense, mm. the, the George Lucas way of things. And it, it does not work for television. That's why Andor worked. It's why Andor worked. Andor's it, it, mari- it, it, marinated. Mm-hmm. it marinated. And week to week, episode to episode, you wanted to go, okay, I need to catch up on my breath because yeah. of tension, not because of action. The right. tension is what you need to recover yeah. from. But that scene that you're talking about, is that it, it could have been a quick scene, upside down, real quick, and that's it. But they let it build. Because people traditionally will think of an animated film and go, Animated films are like an hour and a half. That's it. That's what people have the patience for. Yeah. But it just goes to show you that if you put a good story together and develop characters the right way, you can make it as long as you want. Because like I said, I was watching this movie, and the no, only reason I knew it was long is because I looked at my clock afterwards, and I and people had told me it was long, but it didn't feel long. I right. never felt like I was watching a really long movie. Right. No, I completely agree. And I, I think... This is why I started having that conversation about um, this getting a Best Picture nomination. Um, I think the we, we've talked about some of the other themes uh, about uh, you know the parental uh, child or protege mentor relationships. We talked about um, uh, you know this idea of your mistakes can actually lead to stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also think they really touch on this idea of the canon event. No, mm-hmm. this is how it has to be. This is how it's always been. You just need to deal with it. Otherwise, everything's going to fall apart. And there were little nods to things. There's little Easter eggs. I'm not going to bring it up. Some of them uh, have a political tone to them. I don't want to get into that right now. But there is this moment, at least with that theme, of like, Miles is the one that is not just going to stand still and like, this is a tradition. This is what it's supposed to be and whatever. He's the one that is the quote-unquote major mistake but he's also the evolution. If you notice, he takes on the entirety of the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. essentially by himself in his escape and is able to pull it off, and he wasn't even supposed to be there. So right. this idea that we can all grow and evolve, and that's actually how we become the best that we possibly can instead of just being like, I am stuck where I'm at, right. and this well, is, this, is what it has Well, to this be. is a question for both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Is this how the third one is going to – because why did the spider bite – 
miles, right? And then this anomaly happens, and then these other anomalies happen through miles, and the universes don't crash upon themselves in the way that it did with Miguel. Because when Miguel... TV, t- think TVA. So that's mm-hmm. what the whole Spider-Verse army squad is at this point. The same way the TVA goes in and just starts pruning things, that's why they show up, get Da Vinci Vulture, lock him up, and send him back. It's there. It doesn't crash because they keep catching these things before they but get why out of did hand. It, but why did it crash? So it, it was crashing in the first one, and that's when the collider opened up, and that was causing a giant implosion, and that's why Miguel hates Miles the whole first act because he's like, you caused this giant hole that started me having to do this. Like, he's repairing all no, those no, holes. No, what I'm saying is... Why well, didn't the universe implode when it bit him? No. So part, part one, yes, but the question is My, uh, Miguel tells mm-hmm. this whole story mm-hmm. about how he went back to replace the, the Miguel that died mm-hmm. and so he could have a family. And he did, but but in doing so, that whole universe imploded. What he was implying with that, and that's why they were showing the sequences of him with the daughter, is yeah. that the longer those incursions go, it's just creating more and more things just unraveling. So you're, I guess what you're asking is, why is it that because Miles has now been bitten, why hasn't his universe imploded yet? Yeah. I, I, I think essentially kind of what's going on there is he was affecting too much at that point is kind of what they yeah, were getting so at. Miles. I'm trying to remember, what, I, what did he specifically do that unraveled the universe? He took over the body of the, the, the Miguel the of his universe right. and was raising a daughter as his own mm-hmm. and was trying to save everyone, but there was already... My headcanon for that is, in that universe, there was already another Spider-Man, and it was our Peter B. Parker. Because remember, he's like, you were there? In my headcanon, once Peter Parker dies, that universe still needs a Spider-Man, so Spider-Man is just Spider-Man. So Miles doesn't cause as much change because he's doing what Spider-Man would be doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, but I just don't understand why it would why it would implode in one in one place because there were in that universe there would be two Spider Mans. There'd be a Spider Man twenty ninety nine yeah. and a Peter Parker Spider Man. Whereas in Miles's universe, once he's bit, the other Spider Man dies, and then he just takes over doing whatever Spider Man would have done. So it's like it's like a ba- it's like a swap mm. because because Chris Pine's Chris gone. Pine dies had had Chris Pine not died, then it would have imploded okay. like twenty ninety nine. Oh, That's I, what I was thinking. But that Maybe. that act, that actually makes it, it it's it's not that there he that Miguel went to a. Peter universe. He went to a Miguel universe, but that Spider Man was supposed to be dead. Yes, because right. then it would have been Peter. That you needed a you needed a Spider. I see what you're saying. You needed a Spider Man in 1610 and the one that our Miles is from. Yeah. So he just filled in where Peter is gone, whereas there was not even supposed to be one in that universe at all. Right. And right. then Miles's universe that's missing a Peter altogether. That's why it's still there and stable. Wait, there but wasn't supposed to be one. No, there, in in Miles's universe that was supposed to be Peter Parker that right. got bit. Right. But I'm saying like since there wasn't. Done Double Spider-Man. That universe didn't implode. Yeah. It had no Spider-Man, which is why New York's on fire. I, I what the, the universe you're asking about when Miguel tells the story of I went to a new one where I could go be with my daughter, mm-hmm. um, and then that universe imploded. That universe was not supposed to have a Spider-Man there. He went there. He's not so. He's no, no. saying there was two Spider-Man there because remember Peter B. Parker was there. He said, "Remember you were there." The the, the universe that Miguel went to. Had two Spider Men yeah, for a time. I'm saying. Nobody really knows. <laughs> Nobody. No, no. When the universe with Miguel taking over the body suddenly had two Spider Man because no, Peter no, B. No, 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 because that universe is gone. Peter went back to Peter B. Parker went back to his universe and got with Mary Jane and had their kid. Right, right, he right. went home. I'm saying the the, the universe Miguel imploded. Mm-hmm was a universe where there was no more Spider-Man. That Miguel died. Right. And he went in and took over that dude's life. So that's why it fully unraveled, because that anomaly had plenty of time to just completely destroy that universe. That's why. But I thought there was a Peter Parker in Miguel's universe. In his original one? Yeah. 
See, who knows? I need, is, I need to rewatch so, it again. This is so that's that's my point. Nobody knows. We just, we just, that was like seven minutes of getting us back to the same neighborhood. Nobody knows what the hell it is. So the, nobody really has a real. I mean, look, maybe that's an answer for you guys. Like, if you know why, I need to watch it again. Why? Yeah, did, yeah exactly. To see it again. If you knew why Miguel, his whole universe imploded, but Miles didn't. That's and my initial thing was maybe we'll learn in the third movie why that is. I don't know. Call your buddies up. When we go Lord beyond Miller. the Spider-Verse. Yeah, let them know. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that when that comes out in March, that'll be a nice like amount of time to have a beautiful full arcing story. And I really yeah. want to like have those press conversations of like the journey of the three. For sure. Uh, um, and I think Spot surprised us all. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really didn't I expect like his, him to be I that liked, great. I like the way that he he went from being a bumbling moron to, to like trying to take an ATM machine. Yeah, and I love that line of like, "Why do people call it an ATM machine?" It's, it literally says, uh, "Yeah, machine is the M." And then that mirroring with Peter Parker, uh, India, where he's like the chai tea, the redundancy. Oh, right, right, I love right, that. Right. I love that Spider Man hate redundancy. It's, 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 it's that <laughs> well, plus, and I also love that they brought the attention to when Peter Parker says to Miguel, "He's like, you're literally the only Spider Man that doesn't have any humor." Yeah, yeah like, which is true in the comics too, which I true. loved. Yeah, yeah. So, anything else that we're leaving out of, of this one? Spot score. Um, the score was amazing. The so score good. was so good. I, I am, I was pissed that because of the screening and when it was that I didn't get to go listen to the soundtrack. The sound, not just the scoring. The, the soundtrack, soundtrack is insane. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and it was produced by Metro Boomin, so it, it gave me the same vibes that when Kendrick produced the original Black Panther uh, soundtrack. Same thing where I'm just like, this is a fully comprehensive piece that's just going to be amazing to listen to over and over again. Yeah, I'm so glad Miguel wasn't the villain. I'm so glad they he he served exactly the purpose of having to make the trolley problem work. Like this whole movie is the trolley problem. Like you have to kill one person or kill all these people on the train and fighting for what he believes is right. Yeah, and and, and not in a way that a villain does. It's in a way that he just you know he's like we've all had that boss or anybody too. Just not necessarily not a bad person. Just like. They have the by the book way that they do things with no mindset to say no 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 it could be different it's got to open up my mind a little bit more and do this and I think that he's probably going to come around in, in the oh, next yeah. one but oh, but uh, sure. Oscar Isaac was great in that role um, but that's it man that's the overall spoiler episode for Across the Spider Verse what were you guys thoughts like any theories that you have where's it going to go did you like the ending did you love the ending did you think in general that this was where do you stand on as far as the Spider-Man? Is it one of the best? Do you, I mean, I understand totally where these guys are coming from, but do you kind of run back more into the camp of the live action being the best? Where do you stand? So make sure you let us know. And if you want to follow any of these characters, Winston, where can I find you? Find me. You see my name right there at the Swaggy Blurred. Uh, come join me over on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I've uh, been doing my Breakfast AM news series and uh, a lot of other fun stuff. You find me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Koi Jandro, the tip of the iceberg of all the Spider-Man coverage I'm going to be doing, including a video just on that Donald Glover cameo, because I only gave like half of my madness, and they understandably told me to calm down. Sorry if I talked too much this episode of this movie so much. All right. So anyway, guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Hit that button if you haven't done it already. You can find more episodes of the three of us. You find some more episodes with uh, the rest of the crew and some interviews here and, and short form, long form, all of it. And then you can come see us at New York. June 23rd. Check it out, man. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you, and we will see you on the flip side for myself, Coy, and Winston. See you next time.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.